Asset Arrest, your global agent for accessing the property you can't afford. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Asset Arrest, a podcast in which each episode centres around a viewing of a different luxury property that I, Laura Yule, attend with a different invited guest each time. So far I've been looking at the high end of residential property in London and Berlin, the type that is largely being marketed towards a global audience looking to invest rather than buy their one and only home. This episode continues my viewing tour of Berlin and visits a property at number 59 Windstrasse in Prenzlauerberg, which is a project by the developer Christman. I invited Berlin-based architect and researcher Anna Filipovich to view this property and talk to me about her recent research. Anna engages with architecture as both a critical and cultural as well as a design practice. She's interested in spatial transformations and their relationships to notions of private, public and common property, especially in the sphere of collective housing and the city periphery. She was recently a fellow at Academy Schloss Solitude, where she's been working on an exciting research project dissecting the financialization of housing and how the physical materialisation of these processes promote new concepts of living that are defined purely by the market. Anna was aware of the developers Christman and sent me an article that had been written about the tactics they used to force out existing residents from one of the other buildings they acquired in the recent past. The article on welt.de titled The Last Tenant Cannot Be Gentrified was in German of course so I'm basing some of my understanding on the Google translation therefore it might be partially off um, but it talks about the experience of a man called Sven Fischer who was renting an apartment in a building in Prenzlauerberg. Sven had been away on holiday and returned to find that his bathroom ceiling had been smashed through and the room was completely destroyed and full of dust and rubble. Um, So he was unsure whether the developers had basically ordered the construction workers to do this in order to literally force him out of the building as he was the last remaining tenant. Um, And the case became one, as I understand from the patchy translation, of attempted murder. Um, And the developers, the two Christman brothers, Um, who were born in Berlin and come from the west of the city. They've been on the market for around 15 years. Their mantra is preserving values, creating values. And they claim that with expertise and attention to detail, they reinvent old buildings and bring them into the consciousness of the city. At the height of this court case with Sven Fischer, they were were called Berlin's most brutal restorers. So before we hear from Anna, let's see what our friend the brochure has to say. Living in the most beautiful house of the street, behind one of the most beautiful stucco facades, a total of 30 classic apartments are created at the highest level of craftsmanship with a balcony, terrace or garden. The attic is completely rebuilt and will be home to two swanky penthouses after completion. Triple glazed wooden windows, installation, latest heating technology, colour video intercom system, bathrooms at the highest standard and a timeless design concept ensure a high value retention for the more than 100 year old building for the future. Timeless style differing from the typical street scene of Prinzluerberg with its colourful buildings a modern eye catcher with a reserved colour scheme from Farrow and Ball The richly structured stucco facade, as well as the historic steel railings, are being restored to perfection. Almost black windows perfectly complement the dark roof and the railings with the same colour. Elegant penthouse apartments. If you're looking for an apartment where no one towers above you, we build unique penthouse apartments on the top floor. Of course, these apartments have a level of equipment that meets the highest standards. There is a fireplace as well as heated floors, hardwood flooring, modern bathrooms and abundance of windows. 
The best feature of a top floor apartment is of course the terrace for sunbathing and barbecuing in the summer. And each apartment even offers this twice, once on the fifth floor and additionally, very secluded, on the roof with panoramic views over Berlin. Okay, so hello. Um, today I'm with Anna Filipovic and we are going to view a property at Binstrasse 59, um, the last remaining property there, which is the penthouse apartment. Anna, thank you for coming with me. For um, me. Maybe, I guess the reason I got in touch with you was because I heard about a recent ongoing research project, which I believe is called Neubau Design and Finance in Berlin Housing. Yes. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that and what you've been kind of looking I mean, that's a working title and this is an ongoing uh, research, but I mean, in general, I'm very much interested in, so to say, spatial repercussions and material repercussion of the whole financialization that is happening globally, but then also in Berlin, of course. And since 2009, I think it's taking like a rapid um, turn in Berlin and it's becoming massive. And um, I was interested, so to say, what are the new concepts of living that the market is prescribing and how does this play out spatially? So, from, I don't know, individualism and exclusivity that is basically destroying this idea of collective housing as the ultimate space of commoning where we of course need to learn how to live together hmm. um, is turning it into I'm going to quote now Stavros um, Stavridis that I uh, heard a couple of days ago who said that it's turning it into a conglomeration of private spaces hmm. instead of this collective good, right? And these processes are basically then erasing completely whole pathologies of housing that were dealing with it as something where people could actually meet or manage it collectively. Mm. Um, into, I don't know what is this idea with um, um, apartment being a refuge from like the horrible outside, the horrible world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is like one of the concepts. Then another concept would be mm, historicism and repeating of this whole uh, historical styles, which is essentially a marketing strategy yeah. um, to sort of raise the value of the property. But then on the other hand, it also um, works very well material-wise because if you apply these super cheap materials, in German, it's called Damadam Verbund system that also saves a lot of space. I mean, it's a very thin way to. You mean to refurbish an older building? No, 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 I'm talking about to newly build. To build a, an entirely yeah. new yeah. one, yeah. So, this is in a way a um, more space efficient way to clad the facade. Yeah. And I mean, you're saving something like 10, 20 centimeters in the whole width of the wall. But if you calculate this times, I don't know how many square meters, and then I don't know how many floors, you're I don't know, saving something like 100 square meters. Mm. And then multiply this with the price of a square meter in Berlin, it's uh, enormous money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've been looking at other cities as well, right? I think. Have you, have you been kind of researching what's happening in Frankfurt? Or, no, mostly or you lived I was. There? In Frankfurt I lived and of okay. course I was working on another project in Frankfurt, mm. but this 
financialization of housing and especially in the sphere of newly built Neubau. Yeah. This I was focusing in Berlin. In Berlin, okay. In London, one of the kind of things that's used as a major selling point of a lot of these new developments is like the kind of safety um, and security which is achieved through like CCTV cameras yeah, and yeah, gate, like kind of essentially having gated communities. communities. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, that, yeah. Is, is that the same here? Absolutely, um, absolutely. Very often like this so to say common spaces are really reduced to the minimum. Mm. Accesses are super controlled. Very often you will have a concierge where you can see you in the yeah. lobby like controlling who is coming in. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. But there's it's not the same I mean, another, well, something I guess that's maybe perhaps a difference between what's happening here and in London is that in London a lot of these developments are um, granted permission to go ahead on the basis that they offer something that's either maybe like 5% affordable housing, which is usually no. not affordable, or they provide a supposedly public space, which is actually just a private space with a bit of grass or something, yeah, 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 <laughs> or some yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. hideous yeah. sculpture that's cost half a million pounds to make and yeah. no one likes. Yeah. Um, but is it, is it different here in that the developers are not necessarily having to provide something as a kind of guise for benefiting a wider community? I don't think so. I mean, I, I also know about uh, this concept of having like, I think, even 30% of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like this. But I don't think this is really happening. Yeah, or I guess. the developments that I was looking into, there was no uh, sign of anything social mm. <laughs> happening there. So yeah, maybe they're on a smaller, slightly smaller scale here as well, I guess. Possibly, yeah. Um, and what about, I mean, obviously recently uh, the government announced there would be like a five-year freeze on yes. rent starting from yeah. next year. Yeah. Do you I think, like, are you positive about this or do you think this is actually causing landlords and developers to now kind of scramble to raise rents before next year in a kind of, in, you know, like, accelerated way? Yeah, I don't think they are really allowed to do so in that accelerated way. I mean, yeah. I think this is here still very regulated. Yeah. So I don't think that a huge excesses will take place. However, I mean, we had this rent cap uh, a couple of years ago, but I don't think that really influenced the whole market a lot. So mm. I'm because there's a difference between existing buildings and then an entirely new building isn't subject to the same regulations or something. It seems to be what I've heard from some estate agents. Yeah, this I have to say I don't really know what applies. I mean, of course, new construction for many different reasons is then allowed to be more expensive yeah. because they are renovated or they are new in some way, but uh, and of course they are not really affordable. No. But I think I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was looking again at the website of this property we we're going to see uh, last night, and I just I wanted to read a, a bit, a bit out of this. And I also this we, article about the developers that you sent me, which was. Kind I mean, I'm very shocking. sorry that we're not going to see any of the new builds because I would be very interested okay. to see actually how are they marketing those new spaces. But yeah, that tower was interesting. The one, the I think it's just called Berlin Tower. It's going to be the highest residential block. Although this is also not exactly a new build. Oh, really? Because it's it an old um, office building. Ah, okay. Then being I just assumed that was new because yeah. it looked new. Yeah. But what we're going to see is super interesting because the developers are described as 
Berlin's most brutal um, renovators. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are, of course, again, using this historicism as a marketing strategy. Their website says, I think, Werte uh, erhalten, Werte erschaffen, which means like to preserve the values, is to create values. Then um, they had really horrible strategies of uh, how to evict people. Uh, to a point, it's not this building, but some other building. They actually broke a wall into a, one last remaining residence house. Yeah. And I think he even uh, uh, sued them for attempt of murder. And in the house that we're gonna look at, they evicted a guy who was 80, who lived there for 40 years. Oh and they evicted him. He's now somewhere in Marzani. He lives, still lives. But yeah, on their website they say they describe themselves as one of Berlin's leading property developers with an emphasis on the restoration of buildings and cultural heritage preservation. Originating from a building company with the experience of two generations, they operate exclusively in Berlin. They're basically saying that they're drawing attention to historical buildings um, as if no one had noticed them before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For instance, in my house where I live, it's also a super interesting process what's happening. Where I live, it used to be social housing. Mm. Then, of course, it got privatized. Of course, the rents went up. And in this regard, I'm also, so to say, a gentrifier. But then, since a year, they're actually not renting out apartments anymore. But whenever someone moves out, they're turning an apartment into a service WG. So you know what is WG? Wohngemeinschaft, like where more people live. So what you can do now is rent a room there, which is fully furnished, on a monthly basis. Oh, like a, not like a service department? Also like a um, service department because they have cleaning ladies. Oh, and they I do? Mean, the whole okay, thing yeah. Is furnished. It's like the um, We Live kind of kind of proposition yeah, 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 or yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. That what is that? Like a uh, place in UK? Com community? No, communal? How is it called? It's service apartment? Uh, I don't know. I think it's... It but there's a lot of them, yeah. yeah. And what does do is essentially is totally destroying the idea of neighborhood mm. of, uh, within the house I don't know my neighbors anymore it's like a bunch of kids just running around the house each month is someone new yeah. like there is a playground in front of the house for children but there are no more children to play there is it is it largely people who are traveling for business or students geographically mobile yeah uh, new like young professionals and I mean of course those places should exist in a way I mean I think they're very popular I mean a lot of people come to Berlin and need mm. a place to stay they don't necessarily have a um, their own furniture or have yeah. money to sign the contract or so on so for that reasons I agree those places are necessary but I mean we moved into a house believing that we're going to live in yeah. a collective yeah there's a difference between kind of building a hotel <laughs> and <laughs> like, like a hotel that perhaps has rooms that are more like small apartments um, yeah there's a difference between that and then kind of infiltrating an actual community yeah. and like filling it up with kind of essentially or, um, hotel rooms. 
basically evicting the community. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, this whole move towards a kind of form of living or uh, being at home that kind of mimics like a kind of hotel existence Absolutely, is yeah. is kind of absurd and just makes me wonder what like like even what the, what the future of hotels is like, <laughs> <laughs> like what's Everything you know be what's the future actually yeah. another what are they called Christman they had they had another development on their website they described it as a feeling of holidays within your home environment which <laughs> again made me wonder like it's this complete merging of like life and work you know leisure and work and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. soon enough like there's there's no need for the idea of a holiday because you've, every, been, yeah. you've been tricked <laughs> into thinking your whole life is a holiday, holiday yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, also I'm curious, to, I don't understand why the process of trying to arrange this viewing was so kind of slow. I don't know why this uh, penthouse has been held back and not sold when the rest of the apartments have been sold off and the website even has an email address that no longer functions and the guy was really difficult to get in touch with. Um, he didn't. He didn't even. I mean, he knows nothing about me. He didn't even ask for my email address. I don't think he's even got the right spelling of my name or anything, yeah, 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 yeah. which seems an incredibly like laid-back approach to <laughs> selling what is like a really expensive property. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, maybe it's just more of a targeted audience that they are aiming for. I mean, usually when you look at those properties, often those super expensive houses are the last to go. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of rich people, but maybe not enough rich people who are interested in those. Yeah, and maybe, I guess also maybe, you know, they know if they sit on it for six months that they can sell it for more money and yeah. not much is lost in that process really. Yeah, because I think when you acquire a property, you're not really allowed to sell it for the next five years. So mm. I think a lot of properties that I've been looking at in uh, Kreuzberg, the, the buildings got built around 2013. And then this year, like all building would get on the market, like all apartments, they were like, I don't know, empty all this time. But now they are actually allowed to sell it for a higher price. The right? whole building? As no, I mean, not like the whole building, but a lot of apartments. Okay. Which yeah, is also yeah there's something, absurd. I mean, we don't, I don't, I'm not aware of having this in the UK, but um, there's like a speculation tax here yeah, that exactly. stops yeah. this yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think that can exist in, in the UK. UK. <laughs> because basically, apartments pass hands like five times before anyone even lives in the place and before the building's finished. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like insane. It's speculation <laughs> all over. Yeah. yeah, okay, we're going to go and uh, meet this Chrisman guy. Is I don't know if it's one of the Chris. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. I think it might be. No way. No, maybe, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure it's a family-run business. Yeah. It must be one of them. Um, also, we're in a cafe that has a sign that says the future of urban coffee. No <laughs> which, way. On the front, <laughs> which I thought was like quite fitting with the, the marketing language of these places, uh, properties. Um, okay, we'll speak to you soon. Um, we're just out of the viewing of Vinstrasse 59. Any first thoughts? I mean, I think, but they were trying probably to get uh, the most of it. Struck a lot by this uh, uh, developer imposing his own taste and sort of furnishing that needs to be sold. So don't you think this is somehow weird? So you're, yeah. as a buyer, not really left with options in a way, but they're assuming that you're aligned with their own taste, no? So this was super weird. Yeah, I guess they presume that 
you, you would have the money to, to scrap it all and redo it if you wanted to. I, I, I find it really strange that he had his like art collection there and feature furniture design pieces. I mean, there are some nice pieces there, I have to say. Like these little tables, Eileen Gray, they're like design classics. I kind of like them, but actually I like two pieces of furniture I like. What did you think about the art collection? Um, I mean, it's not the worst I've seen in like a showroom or whatever. Um, I think, I don't know, some of it looked familiar, but I don't know enough about art to know what it, what, what those artworks are. Yeah, 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 but um, yeah. they, they look like expensive things, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rooftop garden was really nice and I'm really intrigued about this luxury regulation that he mentioned whereby certain, like the floating toilet can only be built in a yeah. certain type of apartment because it's deemed as luxury yeah, and I never yeah, yeah. considered the fact that <laughs> there would be like regulations yeah. around the use of the term luxury or like what that quantifies. I mean certainly yeah. like in London basically any new apartment no matter what price it is is described yeah, as luxury, luxury. Exactly. <laughs> and it means absolutely nothing. In the materials, in terms of organization of the space, in terms of light, yeah. you get so much crap. It just means overpriced it's usually, exactly. yeah. <laughs> rather than any yeah. specific yeah. type of feature or, yeah, I don't know. So that's quite interesting. I might look into that some more. Yeah. I mean, I know about it. It's interesting what he said. It used to be Sanierungsgebiet and they were actually getting money from the state to renovate those houses. And I think this was also the case before that a lot of renovations, I think, after the fall of the wall, were actually subsidized. And then there was a, a contract to a certain amount of years. And after that time passed, then the developers were able to resell the apartments. And this is also what happened and what instigated the whole gentrification. But I think it's really weird that somehow state money was involved. Mm. I mean, it was securing this relatively affordable apartment to only certain amount of time, but after that it was somehow... It, yeah, it was just a kind of transitional phase or something yeah. that I guess was quite strategic and... And now he said it became a milieu shoot, which is preventing people to exactly do those luxury things, but I think the hanging toilet is a bit of a... <laughs> overdoing it, no? <laughs> yeah. It's also another thing that struck me was when he said that, um, I mean, I, I was surprised he even described the process of the developer, like, forcing people out, essentially, of the building. Um, it was fully occupied, and then, I mean, he said people moved out, but of course, having yeah, read that... Yeah, I did ask how much did they pay, because he said that they paid people to move out. Oh, they paid to people out. to move out. Yeah. But then also, yeah, uh, he said that there was two remaining residents, two apartments, where they essentially just kind of wrapped them in the kind of like luxury renovated facade, like changed the windows in the facade, and yeah. and then yeah. he described it as being an absolute mess inside mess. the box. No, he said not mess, but or he, what said did he said horrible. Horrible. Or like yeah. this. It's, it's a lovely box with horrible things inside. <laughs> But yeah, also, I don't know, he was, um, he maintains a very like down to earth attitude in terms of like, oh, all kinds of people live here and you know, it's very much like families and people who use this as a home yeah. um, rather than foreign investors. Um, even though, I mean, 
I'm surely perhaps a foreign investor. Well, I'm not really an investor, maybe. I mean, he just said that the American guy wanted to buy, I mean, the guy who is earning money in US wanted yeah. to buy the penthouse, so it's not like 100%. Yeah, well. <laughs> True. <what he's> I enjoy listening to these kind of the narratives they, they create anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm really struck by this like standard and idea of what is beautiful and what is acceptable and wanted. And the I also can't, I mean, I'm always saying this, but I, I literally cannot tell like what is good quality in terms of a finish and not because I mean, to me, it just looks cheap. Like a lot of these kind of surfaces and finishes do look quite cheap. Um, but I think this is maybe just my own like lack of I mean, what material was inside knowledge. was actually really good. Mm. I think they had like a very good wooden uh, windows and this is not the, the flooring was nice I think and the I mean I've heard like, of that uh, stove that sort of sucks the fumes by itself oh really oh you know, so it doesn't I need an him, extractor exactly. fan ah that's when I interesting and he's like but this is la 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 because okay. these places they is. never have like an, an extractor fan yeah. <laughs> and I, I always assume it's like oh because they presume that no one living here would be cooking for themselves they'll be dining no, no, out there is but... a high technology that we don't know <laughs> yeah, of. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of technology that I don't understand <laughs> domestic technologies that um, we can only dream of I thought he was he was succeeding at being quite charming and yeah, I mean young and okay kind of and far less bullshit than usual I would say yeah and I, I yeah he's I'm always slightly confused or something when you know he joins in a conversation about the bad state of property development in London or something or I just assume that these people are going to be positive about any form of kind of <laughs> real estate and I mean I did think it was it was a nice big space and it was it had a quite a nice like feel to the way you could move around the apartment and things which is more than I can say for a lot of the places I've seen in Berlin. Well, essentially, I think they merged two apartments into one. Okay, yeah. Right? The second entrance that we saw for the... The au pair. I think it used to be two apartments. Oh, we could Airbnb that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Call it a <laughs> private apartment. Airbnb. Anyway, maybe we can talk a little more about your own work. I wanted to talk about the Sex for Rent project, or Rent for Sex, Sex for Rent, which you, you were looking at this phenomenon of men posting ads on things like Craigslist, offering usually free rent, a free room to a woman in exchange for basically sex on demand. I, I was wondering, is this, is this happening in Berlin as well? I found a couple of those uh, on German Craigslist and because I was focusing only on Craigslist but then people came to me saying that they've been encountering that also on, I forgot now the name of all the web, Vege Gesucht or other websites where people search for rooms. So I think it's also happening here probably well less mm. because somehow here things are still very regulated and I think also not only like the market or the rental market I mean it's quite hard to rent what's here and I think a lot of rules apply still so I think it's probably less than in other countries which are less regulated yeah you were looking a lot at Toronto right yeah or I mean, Australia as well yeah I mean I, mean, I see I a lot know, in, yeah. in London you know I've, I've come across this type of thing so much when I'm looking for a room to rent I mean I came across this I think it was 2011 when I was searching for a room in New York as an underpaid intern mm. 
and I was completely shocked. And I think most of all I was shocked about the fact that you are exposed to it. I mean, I'm saying people should do whatever they want to do somehow, if it's consensual, but somehow maybe in the fines of their own universe in which those things are okay. I don't know. But like, don't expose people who are not okay with it and don't like expose them to those practices. I myself as a young woman at that time, I felt endangered by simply looking at and reading those things. I was really thinking, where am I going? Yeah. What world do we live in? Jeez, and I think what's going to happen to me in the US? Out of research purposes, shall I say, like about five years ago when I was trying to fundraise to do a master's for some reason in London, <laughs> which was a stupid mistake, to be honest. But um, I found this dating website called, uh, I think it's just called like Sugar Daddy's Oh, yeah. mm. And I decided to make a profile and post like a thing uh -huh. that just said, I'm looking for someone to pay my tuition fees. Yeah. Just yeah. out of interest, like how could I get someone to just pay it without having to do anything? Um, obviously, I, that's not how it works. <laughs> but the interesting thing uh -huh. was any man who got in touch, people got in touch and the thing that all of them did was send photos of their apartment. Uh -huh. um, which was uh -huh. always this kind of, you know, super swanky, like, penthouse in London, uh -huh. as if, again, it's just, like, playing on this kind of precarious housing situation and trying to lure you in with, like, the promise of being able to spend nights in this kind of luxury apartment. Exactly. Which yeah. is yeah. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, people, if it's a choice between being homeless and doing that, I guess a lot of women do get pushed into doing these things. Did you ever speak to anyone, any women or men who had been on either end of this type of arrangement? No, I actually didn't. I mean, I think then this diverges into sort of investigative uh, journalism mm. in a way. And then I was reading a lot about some of the journalists from the UK who were doing those things. Um, and then, I mean, I can only tell you about what I was reading, yeah, what yeah. their experiences were. And this is exactly this uh, um, entitlement that men feel, mm. which I think it's sort of inherited mm. from the patriarchy that's embedded, like deeply embedded in this society. This feel of entitlement that, yeah, I have the means, so I have the power. I'm gonna abuse it. And yeah. I think one of them said something like, looking for a 18 to 22 year old exactly. promo model type. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I mean, if yeah. someone's a promo model, they probably earn enough money to like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. rent an apartment. <laughs> or like, oh, I think he also said, I'm open to students and travelers and I like an intelligent and potentially arrogant person. Like being very specific about a type of person that you, I think, you know, like. This is again, this entitlement. You know, yeah. it's like, I have the right to choose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I want this and that. And Someone beautiful be and, intelligent, and intelligent, but under 22 years old. <laughs> and I think it's highly problematic. I mean, for instance, those websites like Sugar Daddy or and so on. I mean, I'm, I find them, of course, extremely problematic, but at least you know why you're there. And it's like your own will uh, make a profile and so on. But this is why I find Craigslist so problematic because anybody is searching for an apartment is then sort of in, and i remember of course a lot of them would start with like oh if you find this offensive please don't read further but of course you read further and this sort of shapes your idea and why i mean like craigslist obviously make no effort to filter through these types of 
advertisements or I mean I know that they they were sued on multiple occasions not for this but I know that like this uh, what would be the name personal ads like searching for a partner yeah. that section got cancelled oh, it got removed entirely yeah. entirely because I think there were a lot of cases of uh, how do you say pedophilia pedophilia among other yeah. problematic things and but yeah they were like those classified ad providers so they sort of they don't feel responsible for whatever third parties yeah I mean it, yeah it's terrifying considering if you're desperately seeking a room to live in then maybe you misunderstand and you actually show up at the apartment and you know you suddenly become exposed to like these dangers that yeah. should not be allowed to be kind of advertised on like a, essentially a yeah. community notice boards exactly. I remember exactly. applying like we have Gumtree in the UK yeah. I applied for a job that was advertised by someone it was like personal assist or it was like you know ad administrative assistant but the email address was legs and tights at hotmail.com and I, I kind of applied because <laughs> I was desperate for a job and then obviously just get a phone call from a creepy man who starts being like do you like to wear tights in oh summer God. and I'm like fuck I'm an idiot <laughs> but yeah there's I don't know there's no um no filter for it and I think this is in a way, I don't, I don't know how else would I call it, but like a social contract in which we all should agree that those things are not okay. And I think that thing is really being... I was reading a lot about prostitution at the time and trying to understand it. And of course there are like certain lines of feminism that are encouraging prostitution as in a way of being an entrepreneur of your own body and that women should be actually allowed to do with their bodies whatever they want. I mean, I'm really not pro-prostitution in any way and I don't understand why any woman would go in that direction if she had any other direction. But this is again what I'm saying, like maybe some people are into it, so really fine. Like if it's consensual, sure. There should be other don't. options. Yeah. Like again, this common understanding of what is okay and just like the real estate we saw right now, it's like common understanding what is desirable, what is good taste, what should be pursued in a way. Very problematic. Yeah, because someone is <laughs> setting that like standard and it's not it's set for profit seeking motives and this is what he said as well like oh people want to live in old apartments and this like people want for these people what people are we talking about i visited a real estate fair last year in berlin that was actually quite uninventful because uh, i think a lot of properties in central berlin were somehow already sold out i mean the center in Berlin or like what is the center but like this few central boroughs in Berlin were somehow sold out already so new properties were not so interesting anymore and not so there were not so many of them but then there was again this consensual what people want and what market and this is like insane like who determines well like people people buy into it don't they I mean people are I guess not really offered the tools to think any differently right, about exactly. how they might be able to live or what kinds of building they might live in and how they could use it and yeah. is this research you're doing at the moment into this um, financialized housing in Berlin have you got a specific kind of outcome that you're working towards or is it kind of multifaceted and it is multifaceted but I'm working towards a publication and I mean I guess my aim is again to sort of raise the awareness as much as possible really reach out somehow also to people who would be potential buyers those 
real estate, thinking that this is something, again, something desirable, although it's very bad on so many levels. So I think this is my primary aim. I think that real estate somehow became this new currency, like superseding all other currencies, like it's really on another level of it. Yeah, it's just so abstracted from the idea of having a home where you go to like rest and be comfortable and feel secure. And But then it's selling this characterized promise of security that doesn't relate to actually feeling secure in a building. Okay, yeah. but thank you for inviting me. Yeah, this thank you very much. It's an interesting role to be in. <laughs> And you dig all these things. <laughs> Please check out the links to Craig's Lust, which is Anna's essay on sex for rent, and her interview for Schloss Post that I have listed in the description of the podcast episode. Next week, we'll be hearing more from Berlin and looking at the process of what we might call green gentrification, as well as the activist group campaigning to seize flats from corporate landlords who own more than 3,000 flats and return them to the state. This series of Asset Arrest has been made possible thanks to support from the Newbridge Project in Newcastle and Durham University's Politics of Urban Social Innovation Research Project. In other exciting news, Asset Arrest will be heading to China in December to do a viewing tour of Guangzhou, Shenzhen and Hong Kong. Um, Therefore, I'm open to any suggestions of properties to view and recommendations of people to get in touch with. And I'd like to finish with a quote from Anna's interview with Denise Helena Sumi for the Schloss Post. As she says, Ideally, housing would be completely decommodified and provided as a basic need to everyone. I believe that the notion of mass housing on the fringe of the city deserves to be revamped. Cheap plots of land and prefabricated construction would make it affordable. Fast trains would make it accessible and the participative governing make it livable. We just need to get rid of the stigma associated with it and reimagine a way to live in larger communities. That's all for this episode. Thanks very much and see you soon. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.